Blog Talk Radio. Truth. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. Are the Bible's prophecies today's reality? This could be the sign that signals the return of Christ. World leaders are working behind the curtains. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. Secret societies, secret oaths, secret proceedings. Now, get ready for an hour of truth that will make you think. We'll examine Bible prophecy and see how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ for His church. You're in the zone. Politics, Israel, the Middle East, the revised European superstate, and more. All in the zone. This is the Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. Welcome to the Prophecy Zone. My name is Christine Wyke. I'm the author of the book, Explain This, and we are working through the book of Revelation, and I've uh, come across an interesting topic here, and I'm just going to alert you to a possibility of how does the third of the seas turn to blood. We bring this up into Revelation chapter 8, and it starts at verse 8 where the second uh, angel sounds the trumpet. So we have the second trumpet, and it goes something like this. The second angel sounded his trumpet, and something like a huge mountain, all ablaze, was thrown into the sea. Now, if you're kind of wondering what that would mean, I did do a show about two weeks ago. In the archives, you can look it up. It was uh, how is the United States mentioned, is the United States mentioned in Bible prophecy? And I talked a little bit there about the possibility of a volcanic eruption occurring along the Ring of Fire, which borders along the Rocky Mountains, stretching from Alaska all the way down to the tip of uh, the bottom of South America. If a volcanic eruption is the start of the first trumpet, the second trumpet with the huge mountain, could this be a top of a mountain? which is actually cast off from its volcanic eruption and then thrown into the ocean. I believe that makes sense because that's how a third of the ships are destroyed by the wake or the splash that this mountain would create. I don't believe the ships are destroyed by the blood in the sea. That shouldn't make a difference. But how in the world does a third of the sea turn to blood? And I struggled with this. Um, until I came up with an idea, and actually, I think it makes sense. And what actually is so intriguing about the the book of Revelation is that other parts of the Bible help us to interpret it. And I did find some help for us in the book of Exodus. Okay, look into this uh, scenario here. As we have the top of a mountain that is splashed into the sea, 
we then have an imbalance, as you can imagine, we then have an imbalance in the ecosystems of the ocean. Um, I believe this is an ocean in this instance here. If you would have a swimming pool in your backyard and you have the pumps that create the current that keep the water stirred up, no different than the currents in our oceans and seas today. But if you take a pail of blood and pour that into the pool, what happens to the blood? And I struggled, this is where I struggled with this interpretation of blood into the seas here. How does a third of it stay confined to one area? If you can imagine, the blood dissipates into the pool, turning the water completely pink. It does not stay in a corner of the pool. So you could say blood is not really the product here that causes the redness of the water. I believe it's something else. And you guys need to pay attention here. This is something I believe we will see as a phenomenon that actually has already occurred in certain parts of the world throughout the years. We haven't heard of it in a long time. I believe the 1980s was about the last time it had happened in a small area. But the Bible is telling us that this is going to be a third of the seas. This is a very large area of our waters that are going to be affected by algae. You're like, no way. Algae. How in the world could that be something that could create such a chaos that it happens during the tribulation period where a third of the fish is destroyed. Well, let's look into an algae by the name of Carina brevis. Now, I'm going to spell it because I know that's the Latin name for it. And even though I took Latin in high school, my enunciation of Latin is probably no longer any good. So Carina, K-A-R-E-N-I-A, brevis. B R B as in boy, R E V as in Victor, I S. This is commonly known as red tides. Now, if you're not a person who lives along a waterway where this is common knowledge, let me explain to you a little bit about red tides. Red tides is an algae or a red algae that when it blooms, now an algae blooming means it matures, kind of like a plant when it's blooming. It goes through its cycles. And when red algae blooms, it floats to the surface of the water. Now this can happen in freshwater or saltwater. It doesn't matter. It's happened both ways. But predominantly it's in saltwater. When it blooms, it floats to the surface of the water where it holds together. It sticks together. So it starts forming a, ah, you would say a crust upon the surface of the water. And from up above, such as from an airplane or maybe from John's point of view up in heaven, it has the look of red. That's why these are called red tides or red algae. Now, when this algae blooms and sticks together, floats to the surface of the water, it also emits a toxin. Now, this toxin is fatal for two reasons. Number one, it is fatal for those who eat any of the fish or sea life that become entangled in it or swim through it or accumulate it into their own systems. So if a fisherman was to fish 
often area that was, you would say, affected by a red tide, his fish would be considered contaminated. Cooking the meat does not kill the toxin. This is something where if it happens, it will kill an entire fishing area for miles around a phenomenon called red tides. When the fish swim through the algae, which is something they cannot help, the toxins that are emitted by this algae accumulate in the gills and it causes the suffocation of the animal. This affects the minnow all the way to a whale. If you think I am kidding, Google red tides in your search engine of your computer. Another thing, red tides can cover several hundred square miles of ocean water in the matter of days. Is this then a possibility that when the second trumpet sounds, the phenomenon called red tides will develop very quickly into this tragedy that is started by the second angel? A couple other things. How do red tides start? There's got to be a perfect storm in other words, it's got to be a perfect scenario for a red tide to develop. One of them is drought. A lack of rainfall or low rainfall is something that will trigger a red tide. And if you notice, during the three and a half years where the two witnesses are upon the earth, it does not rain, or the three and a half years, it will not rain. There is a possibility there of your low rainfall amount. High winds, well, that can happen anytime. But it's also the water temperature of the ocean. If it's high enough or at a perfect temperature, that also will trigger what's called the perfect storm for a red tide. So what, is, what does the Bible say about red tides? Is there another place where we have seen water turn to blood? And for those of you who are familiar with the exodus of the Jews from Egypt, we do find that in Exodus chapter 8. I'm going to read it to you here out of the Living Bible. It's Exodus, uh, actually it's Exodus, Exodus chapter 7, starts at verse 19. Then the Lord instructed Moses. Now remember, Moses was the one that initiated the plagues against the people of Egypt to let the Israel people go and this goes into part of the plagues here so the lord instructs moses tell Aaron to point his rod towards the waters of egypt and all its rivers canals marshes and reservoirs and even the water stored in bowls and pots in the homes and they will turn to blood so moses and aaron did as the lord commanded them and the aaron hit the surface of the Nile with the rod and the river turned to blood. In verse 21, the fish died and the water became so foul that the Egyptians could not drink it. And there was blood throughout the land of Egypt. So we knew that also this bloody water was also in the pots and in the bowls in the houses of the Egyptians. That is how they collected their water from the Nile. Does algae grow in a bowl? Get a fish bowl. And I'm sure you will know 
that, yes, algae does grow in a bowl. But do red tides grow in a small container? In the right condition, yes, they can. And this is no different here. Another clue here is continue on to Exodus 7, verse 24. And this, to me, is the dominant clue that shows that red tides very possibly could have occurred also during the exodus of the Israelites. And in verse 24, there's a small little verse here that is so profound. And it reads like this. Then the Egyptians dug wells along the riverbank to get drinking water, for they couldn't drink from the river. If you were to have a phenomenon tragedy called red tides, the water surface is affected then by this algae. In order to retrieve fresh water, you need to go past the algae. And the only way to do this is to drill a well besides the river. And that's exactly how the Egyptians figured out how they could get fresh water. Algae does not grow where the sun does not shine. If you ever have a pond or if you ever have a bowl, you will know that that is true. Same thing for red tides. It needs the sun to make the algae grow. Groundwater or water below the surface of the ground cannot grow algae, and the Egyptians knew this, and that's why they dug wells besides the river. Another thing, if you were to look up red tides, not only are the little uh, things that I already told you about, the cooking does not destroy the, the toxin, high winds, water temperature, and so on, but also it causes ear, eye, and breathing problems for the humans on the shore. And this is also an indication why the Egyptians could not approach the river's edge. It was, uh, it, it was to the point where it causes respiratory problems because it has such an odor. Again, another clue, is this also mentioned in Exodus, and will we see it again during the tribulation period? My name is Christine White. In my book, Explain This, it gives it much more detail and talks about the other trumpets. My phone number is uh, 26, uh, it's going to be, I'm sorry, let's give you a toll-free number, 888 If you wish to have more information, check out my website at www.explainthis.us or email me, explainthis at att.net. Thank you for listening.